What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we got Jamal from Bulls Central in the building having a conversation with me about our Chicago Bulls, some of the expectations, the team's last games, uh, today's game against the Miami Heat. We also get into that. Zach Levine's coach. We get into a little bit of everything Chicago Bulls. This is an interview and a collaboration that a lot of you guys have been asking for for quite a while. I'm happy to finally be able to bring that to you. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bulls news and content. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have an episode that I'm excited to bring you with a great guest. We have Jamal from Bulls Central in the building. What's going on, Jamal? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. I'm doing good. Uh, coming off a uh, uh, day after a big Chicago Bulls win, so that always feels better, right? Absolutely. <laughs> what was your reaction to to the Bulls not only being able to come back and tie that game, but eventually winning it? Well, I mean, you know, I think uh, I thought the Bulls were losing this game. I had a post game video last night, and I was talking about. I think it was I don't know midway through the third quarter. It just they didn't look like they had the fight in them to be able to pull off a win. Mm. Um, all the momentum was on the Clippers' side, and uh, it just looked like another one of those games where they're going to be coming up short. And um, it's disappointing as a fan because you've been seeing that a lot recently, and you mm. just they haven't had the edge that they used to at the beginning of the season. Uh, but then a switch completely got flipped in the fourth quarter. DeMar DeRozan did his thing and took over, and I think what impressed me the most about this win or at least what got me the most excited as a fan for a win like this is that this is the type of win that you need going into closing out the regular season and going into the postseason yeah that kind of win that gives you the confidence to say hey we can come back as long as we just play hard we keep fighting we make the adjustments that are necessary and we can do this and so I think that was what encouraged me the most as a fan to say, like, hey, this is the type of win we need. We can get that swagger back that we had at the beginning of the season, even if we are not fully healthy and despite the fact they don't have Lonzo Ball. Um, so that was my initial reaction was that this is more than just, oh, a good comeback win that they won in overtime that DeMar DeRozan got 50 points in, which was great. It was more so this can be a win that sets the tone going into the playoffs, which is what they need because every other team right now in the East, it seems anyway, is playing their best basketball. That is true. You're not seeing that from the Bulls most recently until last night. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, I know we kind of just jumped into the game. I was excited to, to get your thoughts on that game. But uh, first, got to do it. Anyone who f I'm sure that follows me at this point is subscribed to you on YouTube because, A, you, it's well-deserved. You being, I think, officially now the biggest Bulls channel on YouTube and the hard work that you put in since you started the channel, I got to commend you on, Jamal. And I just, as a Bulls fan, I wasn't a, a heavy YouTube watcher before I got on YouTube myself. So, like, seeing the effort and the consistency that you put into your channel is motivating, man. And, and I know the Bulls community and Bulls Nation really appreciate you for it, man. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate that. I mean, it's a... It is a lot of work, right? As you as you know, I mean, yeah. you're you're doing it as well and, and doing it consistently, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's a lot of work, but it's a passion. You know, uh, and it's something that is enjoyable when you really enjoy what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The work doesn't seem as as challenging. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. The, I, listen, I will say this though. 
those West Coast trips kill because I go live after games. The West Coast trips kill me. <laughs> they kill me. That's no, that's nothing but pure love for this team that gets me through the games that do, that don't end until uh, twelve thirty mid past midnight my time. So. Yeah, well, I don't know if you know, but I'm on I'm on the West Coast, uh, so oh, I'm, I'm based in the Bay Area now. Okay. I've been living in the Bay for the last ten years or so. Came out here for a job and been working here ever since. Okay, um, so the West Coast trips are a little bit easier for me, um, but uh, Bulls haven't really been doing that well on the West Coast That's most true. recently. Yeah. Uh, they did that first time, right when they came out here out west. Mm-hmm. The first time they came out, they, they actually did pretty well, aside from that game against the Warriors, which I attended, which was not a fun game. Uh, but then, you know, the second go around when they came out West wasn't, uh, wasn't that great. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing well, I got, I got to commend you on the video you did. Um, and that was that if the Bulls miss the playoffs, Zach Levine is gone. Cause I know that is, that is not an easy video to make with the way that this fan base is sometimes. Uh, when you, when you were putting that video together, um, and your thoughts that went into there, were you ever worried that there may be backlash from the fan base because of that video? Well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people react to titles from a video. Yeah. Um, by no means in that video. So that was actually a hot takes video. It was yeah. a hot take from Melvin. one of my subscribers. Yeah. And so a lot of people think, oh, he's putting this title together. This is his <laughs> business interview. Um, that being said, I still responded to it in, yeah. in, in that, first of all, the Bulls are not going to miss the playoffs. That's even more evident now. They are going to make the playoffs. Only could drop um, as low as not- six, I believe. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he, I think uh, there was a stat that came out after the win last night that all they have to do is win one more game or the Cavs lose one more game. Um, for them to not actually go into the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they were to go into the play-in of the seven seed, you'd like to think that two games home court advantage, they would be able to get into the playoffs. But that aside, they're not going to miss the playoffs. But someone said, you know, in their hot take that if uh, the Bulls miss the playoffs, that Zach Levine and Billy Donovan will be gone. Um, you got to love fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and so first of all, I was like, the Bulls are not going to miss the playoffs. But if they were to, mm-hmm. because at that time it still wasn't an absolute certainty, um, Billy Donovan will not be gone because I think the front office is really, you know, committed to Billy Donovan and they were pretty gung ho about hiring him yeah. when he became available after the bubble. And so um, to kind of go back on that, it'd be almost more of a pride thing. But for Zach Levine, um, Honestly, I don't know. I, I I feel like if the Bulls were to miss the playoffs, he probably would be. And and I and I said that in the sense that it would be a mutual parting. Yeah. In other words, the Bulls would probably realize, you know what, Zach Levine probably isn't the guy that we want to build a franchise around. And uh, for Zach Levine missing the playoffs yet again, uh, yeah, they're he's probably going to want to go in a different direction to where he could potentially win. It's a moot point anyway because the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. I'm sure Zach Levine is going to resign. Um, but as far as your question is, you know, uh, you know, putting out a video like that mm-hmm. and, and knowing that there's going to be backlash from fans. Yeah, it's hard. But sometimes, you know, you just kind of have to be realistic as a fan yeah. in, in, in where this team is, where certain players are, what the expectations are. Um, I think that's what makes a, a good channel is one that's a fan that's obviously biased, but also tries to be realistic and objective as possible. Absolutely. Objectivity is key in this, uh, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Uh, so with everything and how this season been, from the highest highs, the exceeding expectations, to the injuries, the COVID, to the bad stretch after the All-Star game, um, where do you sit at with this team? Uh, evaluating it objectively, like, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, 
Where, where are you at uh, and you think that this team is going forward and, and just your opinion on overall? So, so the team going forward, you know, talking about next year, or at least just for this season. For this season, for the rest of this season. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're likely they're going to be the fifth or the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, you know, I was thinking about it last night. It doesn't really matter whether they're the fifth or the sixth seed because that top four is kind of going back and forth, right? You, know, you had the Heat fall. Now they're back up to number one. The Celtics were number one for a little bit. Now they're at number three. The Sixers have been dropping a little bit. They're number four. So if the playoffs were to start today, the Bulls would be taking on the Sixers, which is not going to be a fun matchup. At all. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as, you know, my uh, where I kind of see it going for expectations for the season, I think you're likely going to see a first-round exit. I would like mm-hmm. to say that that's not going to be the case, but given what we're seeing, from these top four teams, what they're doing right now, um, how the Bulls are playing. Again, the win last night was really great because that sets up that confidence and that momentum going into the playoffs. Um, I see it being a hard, uh, a tall order for the Bulls to actually make it past the first round. Mm. So they're probably going to be playing the Sixers or the Celtics based on where the standings are right now because the Heat, and the Bucks have created enough separation, yeah. you know, those that that three and, and four C between the, the Celtics and the Sixers. I think the Bulls have a chance potentially against the Celtics. The reason I say that is because they match up with that team a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Robert Williams is out, um, he might be back by the playoffs, I'm not sure, but the fact that he's out gives them a little bit of an advantage when it comes to size. Whereas if you're going against the Sixers, it's going to be a nightmare going against Joel Embiid and not even just Embiid, the rest of the team that they have. They're a really good team. Um, so I think that if if we were to see a Bulls-Celtics matchup, there's a possibility that the Bulls could make a run, especially if they play with the kind of confidence that they did last night. If we see any sort of semblance of what they were playing like at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. let's say Lonzo Ball also comes back, which, you know, still kind of in doubt, but a possibility then uh, then there's a chance. And, and I think it would be amazing for them to be able to get out of the first round even not having home court advantage. But I think even a first-round exit, disappointing as it is for a fan for that to happen, mm. the fact that the Bulls are making the playoffs, something that they haven't done in you know close to five years, yeah. um, they've had a fun and exciting team, a relevant team, which for any Bulls fans uh, is great to have because you just haven't had that in so long. That's something to be uh, uh, positive to be taken away from. And I think going forward, how do you figure out how you build on that going into next season? What do you do with, you know, Zach Levine, who's going to be coming up uh, for his contract? Um, how do you make sure that DeMar DeRozan's still going to be playing at the same level that he is right now? How do you make sure you get Lonzo Ball healthy? Um, so I think that there's there's still pieces to build on for this team going forward. So I don't think that Bulls fans should view this as, a first round exit. And that was all they were able to get out of this, you know, massive, all these moves that they made this off season. It's like, well, they're still building. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone really, at least who were thinking realistically speaking, thought this was going to be a title contending team in the preseason. Um, A good team, a team that can make the playoffs and they are, um, but they're not a title contending team. It doesn't mean that they're still building towards that. They cannot build towards that. They are going to build towards that. So that's sort of my viewpoint as far as like where where the season's going to be going for the rest of this year. And um, I'm just happy the Bulls are going to be back in the playoffs. That's, I don't yeah, know about that's, you. that's where I sit as well. Uh, I, it, it's it's been it's been a fun season overall. It's been a fun season. The lows have sucked. Don't get me wrong, but overall, just 
seeing DeMar have this season at this age has been crazy to watch. Um, you know, it's 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 just been a fun season. I think once we if we can ever stay healthy, it's going to be a really interesting team to watch. And I think AK and Eversley are going to vastly improve this bench as well as other other aspects of this team in the offseason. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. One of the biggest dividing dividing factors or players or divisive players, I guess, is the better way to phrase it in the Bulls fan base. Right now is Patrick Williams. Some people see the potential in Patrick Williams. Some people don't. Even if they see the potential, they don't want to wait. They want to see him traded for a superstar now. Um, where do you sit at currently with Patrick Williams? Where they're like, where, where, how good do you think he can be? I don't like the Kawhi comparisons. I make more of a Luau Dane comparison. But where where do you sit at with the Patrick with Patrick Williams as a player? Yeah, I mean the Kawhi comparisons are are a bit overblown. I mean it, it doesn't mean that he could potentially get there one day. I mean I. He has a high ceiling, and I think anybody that watches basketball knows basketball can see that. It's whether or not he's going to be able to reach that. I do like the Luol Deng comparison better, right? Because I think that's that's probably a bit more realistic speaking. Yeah. Um, as far as where I stand on that, uh, I'm definitely more on the on the patient side. Okay. Um, I don't think that you just say I I, I don't we don't want to wait for Patrick to develop because you know. We have to win now. I don't. I don't think that that is really the approach that this team sits at right now. Obviously, yeah, you fast track the timeline because Demar Derozan is 32 years old. Uh, Vucevic, he's on an expiring contract. He's going to be 32 next season. So the timelines don't really make a ton of sense when you have Patrick Williams, who is only 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think it would be a mistake to jump the gun and trade a guy who has shown those flashes of potential. And you saw that last night when he is being more aggressive. Yeah. Um, he's being more assertive on the court. I think the challenge with Patrick right now is just the lack of confidence. And it's because he's been out for so long. Um, really, he had two injuries because he had the injury in the offseason. Um, then he obviously got the really bad injury that nearly put him out for the whole season, you know, five games into the year. And so to have him come back now, he's not going to be the, like, amazing player that you want him to be uh, after being out for so long. So I personally think that it makes more sense to wait for Patrick, unless you're getting some sort of crazy return for him that some team just really, really wants Patrick Williams and you're getting an incredible haul for him in return in the form of a trade. Um, That makes a little bit more sense. But uh, like I said, I'm definitely in the camp of wait, see how Patrick develops because you don't want to give up a player that down the line becomes an all-star. And at that point, what are you, you know, where are you at as far as like, you know, have you already started rebuilding because you couldn't wait for a player to develop into uh, what he could potentially come. Yeah. This, this uh, Patrick Williams ceiling, you can't even measure it right now. He's so young, so still inexperienced. He has so much learning to do. It's hard to really know just how good Patrick Williams could be. That's why when, we talk about trading him. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Like, it's, it's. I don't, I don't get it. I know, I know Bulls fans, and I think this season has really been, you know, up and down for a lot of for a lot of fans because we got we at the high of this. They saw that this this team was so close to finally being that contender that Bulls fans want so badly that then they tried to fast track everything else. And the truth is, it was somewhere in the middle. And I think when you look at the future of a team, a player like Patrick Williams, who's versatile, who still has a lot of room to grow. You keep that. You keep that player on your team, unless something, like you said, unless an amazing deal presents itself. You, you keep Patrick Williams on your team. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the other thing is, it's like uh, Patrick Williams. You know, um, 
he had a good rookie season. It yeah. wasn't like an incredible rookie season by any means, but he made all this, you know, rookie second team. I think the thing that Bulls fans also fail to understand is that his trade value probably isn't that high right now. That's another, you know, so it's like, even if you wanted to trade him, it's like, well, why would you give up scraps? Because not a lot of teams are probably going to want to pay a lot for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. There, he's a young prospect and he has a lot of potential, but there's also a lot of unknowns about him, especially coming back off an injury. And because he's not showing a ton of confidence, teams aren't going to be like, yeah, we really want Patrick Williams and here's everything we're going to give for you in return. Yeah. Um, so it's like, why, why, why trade him when you're probably not going to get the best return? He still has that potential. Wait it out a little bit. I think. I mean, I think that's the thing with fans, right? A lot of fans are impatient. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those more patient fans. Yeah. Uh, even when the win now window has been fast tracked, it's like uh, I'm still on the more patient side. Even with Kobe White, I mean, I've I've said before about Kobe is like, does he really fit the long term picture of this team? Given how you know crowded they are in the backcourt. You've got Io, who uh, developed a lot more quickly, or at least showed a lot more than people probably thought was going to happen in his rookie season. Obviously, they just signed Lonzo Ball to a four-year deal. Um, where does Kobe fit in the long-term picture of this team? But even with that, it's like, I'm not like, yeah, trade Kobe. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense for this team. He's still 21, and he's a good scorer off the bench. Like, you, you don't need to make these drastic decisions which is why i think the front office didn't pull the trigger on a lot of these moves at the trade deadline because it's like unless we're getting a lot of value in return we don't necessarily need to make the moves right now and i think that's why it's like you got to be patient in these instances where there's players that do still have that upside Mm -hmm. and um you don't want to make these snap decisions because you feel like you need to win a championship now you hit the nail on the head there. And one of the things that I've been saying, too, is that even if, even if this Bulls team were to say, hey, we are we are going to make a move. We're going to we're going to trade Patrick. I mean, uh, not Patrick Williams, Kobe White or whatever else. It really always made more sense to wait at least until the draft, because then at that point they can package yeah. their own first round pick to try to do something because they couldn't do that at this trade deadline. And, you right. know, at the end of the day, I think AK and Eversley is, have earned. The, the right for us to trust them and see that they're going to make a mistake at some point. But at this yeah. this point, they've earned, you know, they, they have their eye focused on improving this team. They've earned the right for us to trust them as much as possible. And let's see what they do in this offseason. I really do think that we're going to come back with a lot of the holes and things that we saw that were, became issues with this team. AK and Eversley are going to do the best that they can to improve that. And we're going to have an even better team next year. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like you got a competent front office now, you know, even even for maybe some of the mistakes that they have made. uh, It's nothing like the previous front office. And so even (laughs) even if things don't work out just like we wanted them to, you know, that down the line, they're going to be able to make the proper and right decisions for this team going forward. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned proper and right decisions. So I got to ask it because I got you here. (laughs) Zach Levine, if he. I don't think he's going to – I really – and some people – I did a live stream and I said I don't think Zach's going to qualify for the Supermax. People said I was crazy. But I really think with the <laughs> knee thing and the recent play, I don't know if he's going to make an all-NBA team. But all that being said, if he does, do you, do you think they should? I think they will either way, but do you think they should offer Zach Levine the, the Supermax contract if it becomes available? The Supermax? Um, it's funny. I had Tony Gill on the channel yesterday, and I asked him this question because I feel like it's one of the most controversial questions. Yeah. And whenever I do ask this question, I never get like a straight – it's like, well, he's going to get paid. Yeah. You know, it's like, he, yeah. he's going to get paid because the, the Bulls don't really have a ton of other options. Um, 
And it's like, well, that wasn't really the question. It's more of you think that they should. Yeah. Um, if he if he does qualify for the supermax, which I, I I think you're right at this point, I don't think he's is going to qualify. I don't I don't see him making even third team All NBA because of the recent play, and it's not really. I mean, a lot on Zach. A lot of it is because of the injury. He's even said himself that he's not 100. Um, percent So I, I would be very surprised if if he qualified for the supermax. Yeah. Let's say that he does. Uh, no, I don't think that he should get the supermax. <laughs> and 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 the reason I say that is because um, I mean, you look at some of the other players who are getting supermax contracts, mm. you know, guys like Giannis. Um, actually, I think Rudy Gobert is on a supermax contract. He's probably the only one where it's oh, like, wow. mm, he's on a supermax contract. But, but like, you know, you, you compare them to like these superstar, superstar top level tier one type players. Mm-hmm. Is Zach Levine at that level? I don't think that he is. And, and, you know, sometimes I get labeled as a Zach hater on my channel. It's not <laughs> that I'm a Zach hater. It's just that I, I recognize where he is right now relative to superstar level players in this league. Mm-hmm. And he's just not at that level yet. He could potentially get there, but he's not there yet. And so you, it, it would be really hard to give Zach Levine a super max contract extension. The challenge though, is what else are you going to do if you're the bulls? Yeah. Because you kind of are getting put in a position where you're going to need to keep him because if you don't, that's really going to disrupt everything that they've been trying to do up until this point. Because then what happens with DeMar DeRozan? Does DeMar DeRozan get disgruntled because now Zach Levine's gone? Um, what happens with Nikola Vucevic's expiring contract? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think you're kind of put in this place where you're probably going to have to pay him a max contract. Whether or not he is worth one is, is kind of beside the point. But to your question, do I think that they should? No, uh, but I think that they're going to have to ultimately. But I don't think he's going to qualify for a super max. So I I was mainly saying that for a max contract because he is going to be max contract eligible. Oh yeah, the max contract. I I I've stopped even fielding questions today. He's going to get the max, <laughs> and you know we can talk about if he deserves a max or not all day. And I understand there are some legitimate questions there if Zach Levine is actually a max contract player. But I think the fact that they he was on a fairly reasonable deal per his output, the fact that he stuck around through everything that happened, he's going to get the max. So like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll turn the question over to you. Do you think that he, if he becomes super max eligible? That he should get a supermax contract. No, there's no way in hell. I'm sorry. Like, I, and I'm I'm just gonna be frank. Like, there's there's no way because when you look at even the knee issue this season, right? The fact that it's not structural and nobody knows really why why it is. Like, to give that the supermax to a player who has not by himself gotten this team to be a playoff team hasn't really accomplished much outside of being a very good player. Like Zach is a very good player. Don't take don't get me wrong in that, but. It's not like he's done enough, I think, on his own to where I would feel comfortable giving him the Supermax. Yeah. So, Well, and and uh, I think the clutch factor is really important. Yeah, that's... Last night, it was all DeMar DeRozan. And yeah. whether, you know, maybe that's by circumstance, right? Like if DeRozan wasn't around, maybe that would have been Levine. But, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is this season, we haven't seen much of a clutch factor with Zach always been DeMar and when you think about a player that is a number one option on a team a number one option on a championship building team which if you're giving someone a supermax contract that's what you expect of them and we're not seeing that from Zach Levine and I think you're right it's 
it's uh, it doesn't take away from Zach as a player. Yeah, he's still an incredible player. He is an all star level player, but not all star level players that you know put up twenty five points a game like he does get super max contracts. That's true. They don't right, and so uh, that's that's sort of my my whole perspective on it. And uh, you know, I don't. I think some people take offense to that. Like it's yeah. like, well, you're not a fan of Zach. Then it's not that I'm a fan of Zach. It's that you look at him relative to other players at that superstar level, and I just don't see him there yet. Definitely, definitely. So we've seen an amazing season, uh, uh, renaissance from Demar Derozan in many ways. What percentage are you putting that DeMar can have? I don't think ever this exact same season, but how how much can he replicate what he gave us this season in the future? And how does that change the way that the Bulls build this team out in the in the upcoming Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Uh, I see it um, probably unlikely that he would put together a season like this next season or the following season, which will be the final year of his contract. Mm. Um and I say that because, in a way, aside from last night, you kind of already saw DeMar coming a little bit back down to earth, right? Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't as efficient with this shot. Um, he wasn't just dominating and taking over in the fourth quarter. His decision-making, to an extent, wasn't maybe the best. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, and I say that about Zach, too, is, you know, there's there's certain situations where they just kind of get that tunnel vision, and they're just playing that ISO basketball where they're, trying to score as quickly as they can because the team's down and they need, you know, a, a bucket. Um, so I say that because, you, in a way, you kind of saw that from DeMar DeRozan in the recent slump that the Bulls have been going through is you've kind of seen him come back down to earth a little bit. And he obviously he's still a great player, right? It's not like, oh, DeMar is now, you know, trash. It's like, no, he's still an incredible player. It's yeah. just that um, – He's not going to be able to sustain that level of efficiency that we saw at the beginning of the season. And so I think going into next season, he's still going to be a great player. He's still probably going to be an all-star. He's going to get you more than 20 points per game, which is great. Um, but I, but as far as your question, like him replicating what we've seen this year, yeah, I think it's probably unlikely, especially <laughs> now that he's going to be 33. Yeah. And then as far as like the second part of your question, well, you know, what do the Bulls do then if he's not going to be able to put up the DeMar DeRozan type numbers we've seen this year. I mean, that's really for the front office to try to figure out how you hone the rest of this roster and how you put together a cohesive unit, really talking about the front court, right? You know, making sure that we have the proper pieces that give us enough depth when it comes to size. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also some additional scoring. I do think Lonzo coming back is going to help a lot with that, though. I think sure. he's averaging, what, 14 points per game before he got injured. He's a great three-point shooter. So, uh the main focus is DeMar's probably not going to have the season that we saw this year, next season. So what do you do as far as uh, getting those added offensive pieces to make up for maybe some of that scoring, but also the defensive side? Because that's been the biggest struggle more recently. Definitely. Definitely. Well, there you go. That was a, that was a great answer. Uh, before we go, I got two questions left for you. We got Miami yeah. coming up as of the, when this video will be posted tonight. Um what do you, do you how much of what the Bulls did last night do you think carry carries over the momentum that they had into the game against Miami? Um, do you think that Billy Donovan unlocked something with that lineup of having Patrick Williams being the starting uh, lineup after the after that first half? What do you think the Bulls look to to change in the remaining five games of the season from what they learned last night against the Clippers? Well, I think you know what they've learned last night is that if Patrick Williams can play the way that he did last night. 
um, that's a huge win because it gives you that size that you need. He had 12 rebounds last night. That's been a big issue for the Bulls is rebounding, especially offensive rebounding. And if he can play the level of defense, that at least we saw in his rookie season, uh, that is a huge unlock for them because trying to get Javante Green to do that, which he's been incredible, by the way. I love Javante Green, uh, but he's 6'4". Uh, you know, trying to get Alex Caruso to play power forward, DeMar DeRozan to play power forward, it really limits the Bulls and their ability to play against some of these bigger teams. Not that the Heat for tomorrow are a big team, but Bam Adebayo is an incredible player. Yeah. And that's really what they've struggled with when they've gone against the Heat. Um, and so I think that unlock is going to help them for these five remaining games and that Patrick could be a very, very valuable piece mm-hmm. when you put him at that power forward spot. And then... For the game, uh, I guess if you're put, putting it tonight, so tomorrow, um, I think that uh, the key is really going to be how do you continue to crash the boards against a team that is maybe not necessarily the best rebounding team, but they're a very smart team in the way they play basketball. They're mm-hmm. very veteran savvy with guys like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. How do you go about matching that level of basketball IQ? And it is going to be a lot on Billy Donovan to make those necessary adjustments. Because I feel like every time that we've played the Heat this season, Spo has just outcoached Donovan. You know, he makes the necessary adjustments. Yeah. He plays zone defense. The Bulls are like, well, what do we do with this? What are, you know, zone defense? Where are we gonna, how are we going to address this? And Billy Donovan just doesn't know what to do. And uh, you know, it's not a knock on Billy Donovan because I do think that he is overall a, a decent coach. Um, but I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Is Donovan going to be able to make the necessary adjustments and rotations that are going to be able to match what Eric Spolstra is doing? But I think the game from last night is going to translate well into, here's something that worked for us. Let's continue working with it, see what it does against some of these better teams, because mm-hmm. it's not just the Heat. They've got the Bucks following that, then they've got the Celtics, um, and making sure that if we can keep moving on this type of momentum, that it'll continue to translate into uh, the playoffs. I don't know if you a- I, if you asked uh, who I got tomorrow. Um, I still think that the Heat are probably going to win the game. Okay, but I also would not be surprised for the Bulls to come out with a win after that type of performance that they had last night against the Clippers. Also, because the Heat, to an extent, have sort of been slumping a bit. Um, you know, there's been some contention on their on their bench that has <laughs> that sure. has caused some issues. Yeah. Um, so maybe the Bulls can kind of ride with that and take advantage of that. But uh, I do still think that they're the better team and they have the better coach as well. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, the Miami Heat are, are playing great. Um, and like you said, they I don't I don't like our matchup against them the best. But I think the Bulls, if they can get back to playing with like that heart and determination that they play with, they can they can punch well above their weight with anybody in this league. Um, Billy Donovan. Does uh, Spo has Billy Donovan's number? Let's just be real. Right. So far, on what we've seen, um, but yeah, I, I hope the team that they they really come out with a lot of heart and they play well and they focus and they also, if they can go to Vooch early, that's one of the things that we've seen over the course of the seasons that when when Vooch can get going, it unlocks so much more with this offense. And you know, for a long yeah. time, it seemed like. Billy Donovan would go to him in the first half and then not in the second half, which always drove me crazy. So, you know, we'll see if Vooch can have some success because very much so when Vooch has success, it makes a lot of things easier for us. Yeah, and, and you know, you saw that even last night too, right? Like yeah. Vucevic did really well in, in the really to start off the game in the first quarter and then they just weren't really going to him a ton in the second half. You're right. I, I don't know. I don't know what's been going on with that, but 
I've said before on my channel, Vucevic is really kind of the X factor on this team. Yeah. And the reason for that being is that if they're, you know, feeding him, they're making sure that he's active, that he's being aggressive. Having a big man that can put up 20 points per game and get 13 rebounds per game, not saying that that's what he's averaging, but we know that he's capable of doing that. That's a game changer when you already have someone like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Um, like even against the Heat, you look at the team side by side, the Bulls have more talent than the Heat do overall. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they execute on it all the time. And the Heat uh, obviously have a lot more veteran savvy players, but still, I, I don't know. So I, I agree with you. It's like it is a little frustrating sometimes when you don't see Vucevic getting as involved. Some of it's on him and some of it's on coaching and that they need to be making sure that they draw a place. For, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, any, any, who, who on this team has been the biggest outside of Demar? Who's been the biggest surprise for you this season, either positive or negative? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna initially say Io. Uh-huh. Um, I'll probably, I'd probably still stick with Io. I was, I was gonna mention Javante Green because I, I, I don't think anyone yes. expected Javante Green to be such a key glue guy for this team. I mean, when he was out for the few games that he was out, the Bulls looked really bad. And I'm not saying that, that was all on Javante Green because I think Zach Levine was out at that time. Uh, you know, Lonzo was out for a portion of that. I think Alex Caruso was out too. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's all on Javante Green, but he's just been such a key player in doing anything and everything that the team needs him to do. Absolutely. And um, the energy that he brings, the athleticism that he brings, I feel like really goes unrecognized a lot by Bulls fans. Uh, even to myself, like I feel like I don't call him out enough for that. And so I think that's kind of been the biggest surprise because last year when we traded for him, he wasn't even in the rotation initially until the very end of the season. And then the Bulls re-signed him. He's like, what, like a veteran minimum probably? Yeah. A million dollars a year or something like that. And so when you look at the value that he's been able to bring relative to his contract, that's what's been a biggest big surprise to me uh, because I didn't expect him to put up this kind of value and impact for the team. But, but I owe for sure. I, I was telling Tony Gill this uh, yesterday. Um, I didn't even think I was going to get that many minutes this season um, just because a second round pick, not saying that he didn't have the, the, the talent and potential there, mm-hmm. but it was also because the Bulls had signed Lonzo Ball. They signed Alex Caruso. Yep. Kobe White being out, I think, helped that initially at the beginning of the season because then that gave Io some playing time and it showcased what he can bring. Mm. But then with Kobe coming back, I was like, where, where is Io even going to be able to get playing time? Because they're not going to play Io over Kobe, yeah. right? They're not going to play Io over Lonzo or Caruso. Um, and then you saw Io really kind of win that starting spot over Kobe once Lonzo Ball got injured. And so he's been the biggest surprise by far, uh, mainly because he was a second-round pick. I don't think people expected him to play with the kind of confidence um, and playmaking that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that for me, like I said, aside from DeMar DeRozan, because I think that's probably the biggest surprise for Definitely. most Bulls fans. Aside from DeMar, Io's been the biggest surprise uh, of this Bulls team for sure. For sure. I, I, Io is just I, – I said in my preseason preview, and people – they bring this up all the time because I said, if we see a lot of Io DeSumo this season, something's either gone very, very wrong as far as injuries <laughs> to somebody or something's gone extremely right in that Io is way above what, what I was expecting at that time. And I'm glad that it that it was the latter rather than the former. Because, yes. uh, yeah, I just I did not expect Io to get a lot of minutes as a second round rookie. I really expected him to probably even be in the G League or maybe get spot minutes. And, you know, he with, yeah. through his defense and determination, he earned minutes early in the season and then 
his role has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And um, yeah, I mean, there's been some issues. He still makes some some rookie mistakes, and it seemed like he hit maybe a rookie wall here lately. But the potential from Io is really through the roof as well right now. Yeah, and this because uh, uh, I'm always uh, happy to admit when I have a horrible take um, <laughs> at the beginning of the season. I I do you know these like Bulls awards. You know who's going to be the the MVP for the Bulls? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be uh, you know, the, the best six man who's going to have the best rookie season. And really it's between Simonovic and, and I, oh, those were the only two For rookies. Sure. I said, Simonovic, Marco Simonovic wow. was going to have a better rookie season. than <laughs> I. And the only reason I said that was because I thought Simonovic was going to get more playing time yeah. because at that time that was before we got Tristan Thompson, you know, we, we just signed Tony Bradley and I was like, Hey, Tony Bradley's going to back up Vucevic. And then there's Patrick Williams. Uh, I was like, they don't have any other bigs. So Simonovic is probably going to see more time on the court than Iowa would because the front court, the back court was so crowded. Um, so I could not have been more wrong there. And uh, that, that's why I love going back on my old videos and seeing how they, how well they age. But uh, that was one where I was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. I Simonovic <laughs> was going to have a better rookie season than Iowa. Um, and that guy has barely played this season. Yeah. He's just been spending most of his time in the G League. But. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens with Simonovic. I, I, I've watched a lot of G League games specifically to see him and his development. He's definitely developed and, and gotten better in that three-point shots come along. Um, but he's going to have to put on some weight because in the few games we've seen him in, it's just he he, he doesn't have the body right now to be banging with uh, no. with bigs in the, in the NBA. So No, not at all. But, but you're right, though. He is developing. He's getting a lot better. And uh, he's still really young. I think he's 21 or 22. So, uh, you know, I think he, he can get there. But yeah, the biggest thing is he's got to figure out how he's going to be able to go against, you know, some of these massive dudes in the yeah. NBA because it's not like it was in the Euro League. That's for sure. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> all right. One final question. I'm trying I'm trying to ask this question to any Bulls content creator that I uh, do collabs with. Um what is your favorite memory in your time of being a Bulls fan? It's going to be such a cliche answer. <laughs> but it, I mean, it was Michael Jordan's final shot in game six. And the reason I say that one was one of my favorite memories is because you know, I was a kid then. Yeah. I was uh, 12 years old at the time. Um, realized I'm dating myself. Uh, <laughs> but uh any memories you have as a kid are always going to be more nostalgic. And so you just kind of, that sits with you. Um, And yeah, I remember it just being like, I know he's going to hit this shot because you got so used to Michael Jordan hitting those clutch shots. And um, I, I I remember like sitting with, with my, with my dad and, and, and my sister who's a bit younger than me and just like freaking out like a little kid, like that's it. Like that's the game. They've, they've won their sixth championship. And so it's also just a good memory because as a kid, you're, you're always, you always have fond memories. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that there's anything else as far as like a memory that really sits with me mm-hmm. uh, in my bold fandom other than something like that. And I think again, it's because their last championship, obviously there've been others that have come uh, about as well. Derrick Rose's game-winning shot, and you know, against the Cavs uh, in 2015, yeah. they didn't win that series though, so that's why it's not as memorable for me. Exactly. Um, and you know, Derrick Rose winning the MVP after going so many years without having a superstar on the team, you know, with, after the Michael Jordan years, that was obviously very memorable. But I just don't think he can top that final shot, Game Six, 1998 against the Jazz. Yeah. Uh, it, you know. I just don't think you can. What about you, though? I'm curious. <laughs> so me, so the the, the game winning shot against the Jazz, I was to date myself. 
uh, I was six then. So I remember. Okay, it, okay. Uh, so, but I, I don't, I don't, because I, I was aware of I watched basketball with my dad. Literally, some of my earliest pictures are, are sitting on my dad's lap watching Chicago Bulls games. And I remember that game very vividly. But for my memory, when this team became my team, and it's going to be a completely funny moment, uh, it's actually when the Bulls drafted Joe Kim Noah. And the reason why that's one of my favorite moments and not on the court is because I literally was pissed off when the Bulls drafted Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see it for him. I didn't I didn't I didn't want him on my team. I hope that they I remember at that time there were like some rumors that, oh, well, maybe they're drafting Joe Kim Noah to really trade him to the Grizzly for Paul, Paul Gasol. And I was like, yeah, do that. Do that. Um, but by the end of his rookie season and definitely by the in during his second season, I had turned so around on Joe Kim Noah that <laughs> it's such a memory that sticks out to me because. He, that's a player that had to literally earn my love for them. And now he's he's my second favorite bull of all time. So uh, that's definitely always going to be a memory in a moment for me. Um, but a favorite in-game memory, and this is my oldest son. He's 16 now. Uh, he was, I think he had to be like five or six at the time. Derrick Rose, I lived in St. Louis at the time, and the Bulls had a preseason game against the Memphis Grizzlies in St. Louis in our arena, so of course I had to go, and it was Derrick Rose's first game back from his uh, his uh, ACL tear, and so uh, okay. that is a special moment with me and my son watching that game. He had on his Derrick Rose jersey, I had on my Derrick Rose jersey, and that's just... It's just a special moment for us. He didn't he didn't. It's a preseason game. But to see Derrick Rose on the floor, to see Derrick Rose in person and to see that moment of him coming back after being out a year and a half with my son, that's always going to be my favorite. Memory, so, yeah, you know, that's a good point, actually. And I don't I don't remember the the preseason uh, return of Derrick Rose, yeah. but I do remember that first regular season game he had. And when he first touched the ball because they were playing at the United Center and the mm-hmm. crowd just went like crazy. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is pretty special. The guy had been out for so long, and here he's obviously he got injured again that season and yeah. didn't play a ton, but it was still yeah, a very special moment. It's funny you're talking about Joe, uh, Joakim Noah, very similar to uh, in terms of my view. I did not want that guy, uh, <laughs> part because I really didn't like him in college. I mean, he was yeah. he was a pretty hated player in college. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like him, right? Because of how he, he, I mean, even in the NBA, a lot of people didn't like him, but when he's on your team, it's like, <laughs> I love this dude. Um, and then one Noah and, uh, he, like you, is also my second favorite Bulls player of all time. Okay. But, you know, behind Michael Jordan, yeah. which even to an extent, sometimes I put Noah ahead because it's like, Jordan, you can't. He, he yeah. has to be your favorite player of all time. But it's like, Noah, what I loved about him was just that fire in him, that passion that he played with, because I'm like that as a fan. I like watching players that are like them. And uh, just a good funny dude um i wish i could have been there on the night that they had the joaquin noah night but yeah. it's just it was funny that you were saying that because it's like yeah i really didn't want that guy when they drafted him and then he ended up becoming one of my favorite players of all time and still love the guy to this day it's so funny like my my dad still brings it up he's like you you remember you you remember how pissed off you were when we drafted anytime anything yeah. goes left now and i don't like something the bulls do he's like well you remember joe kim i'm like dad everything isn't going to work out the way that joe kim Noah right, right. let's be clear with that <laughs> but uh but yeah man that's just that's just a, such a such a He's, he turned into such a great player for us, man. And I wish yeah. he would have never wore another jersey. I'm one of those people who, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm weird about that, about players wearing other jerseys. But, man, Joe Kim knows time here and what he meant to the city and still means to the city is just special. The way I look at it, he played his best years in Chicago. That's you true, know, after, yeah. after he went to New York and then you know, he had a couple stints elsewhere. 
obviously he wasn't the same player, you know what I mean? And then he'll always be remembered as a Chicago Bull. That's that's how I viewed it anyway. Definitely, definitely. Well, Jamal, thank you so much for taking time out your day, man, to, to join me for this great conversation. Hopefully you come back at some point. Uh, for those who don't know, though, tell them where they can find you before we head out. Yeah, no, uh, Bull Central on YouTube. Uh, you can also follow me on uh, Bull Central uh, YT on uh, Twitter. And uh, I also have Instagram. I'm just not that active on there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, Hayes, appreciate you making the time, man. Love the work that you're doing. Keep up the great work on Locked On Bulls as well. Both you and Pat are doing incredible on there. And uh, absolutely, let's stay in touch. I'll have to have you on uh, my channel as well sometime soon. Any, anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate you, brother. This has been a presentation of The Break Media. Media.